the roaring 20s of commercial space exploration. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Alan Stern, author, planetary scientist, space program executive, and principal investigator of NASA's New Horizons mission. Welcome, Dr. Stern. Thank you, Tanya. Great to be here. Welcome. So give us a brief summary of your work in planetary science and in the aerospace industry in general. Yeah, well, I'm a planetary scientist by trade, but an aerospace engineer by training uh, because I went to graduate school in both aerospace engineering and in astrophysics and planetary science. So, um, you know, on the planetary science side, I have been fortunate to be involved now in 29 different space research missions, uh, 26 of which have launched and three of which we're working on right now for NASA. <clears throat> and, um, and they've spanned the gamut. Uh, from studying planet Mercury to studying Pluto and the Kuiper Belt, from space shuttle missions to interplanetary missions to suborbital sounding rockets. And that's just been a dream of a lifetime. And then I've been involved in, in the aerospace industry. Initially, I worked on classified defense satellites. Uh, for a time, I ran NASA's space science program at NASA headquarters in Washington, D.C. Everything from the Mars rovers to the Hubble, almost 100 different space missions and thousands of research grants or under our organization's wing. Uh, for a couple of years just recently, I uh, served as the board chairman of the Commercial Spaceflight Federation, which is the industry association for commercial spaceflight. Now I sit on the National Science Board. So then let's talk about that. As, as you look ahead into the early 2020s, what do you see for the commercialization of space? Will private companies like SpaceX, Blue Origin, Virgin Galactic, build out their own vertical products and service offerings, or will they remain as collaborators and, and contractors with NASA and other government agencies? I'm very optimistic. Um, I like to uh, refer to this new decade as the Roaring Twenties. For commercial spaceflight, that's what it's going to be. And I think we're going to see, most important word is probably proliferation. Proliferation of services, of competitors, and of products. So we're going to see a lot more commercial launch industry, a lot more commercial communications industry, a lot more commercial remote sensing. We're going to see commercial tourism really expanding in space. We're going to see maybe resource utilization by late in the decade. Certainly, we're going to see commercial missions for exploration purposes and many, many more applications. And so we can think of it as leverage of, of amping up our ability to do things in a way that we couldn't do if we only had um, a space agency funded by the federal government. And by having that kind of transformation in the way that we do spaceflight and in the rapidity, going from something rare to something routine, it's going to be a little bit like the, the PC and internet revolutions that it took computing from something that was rare to routine. And with all that innovation, we got much better products, prices dropped, capabilities expanded, and it changed our lives. And I think spaceflight will be every bit as fundamental a transformation um, with the commercial spaceflight industry leading. What are some of the more interesting space commercialization projects you've seen recently? Well, you know, uh, I think that the SpaceX has led, led the way. Uh, they have transformed the launch industry by uh, creating reusable launch vehicles that operate for real and that operate economically. And because no one else can keep up with them unless they also develop reusable launch vehicles, 
virtually every new launch vehicle we see is either designed, baked in to be reusable, or they're trying to catch up. Um, and SpaceX is also leading in creating LEO constellations, low Earth orbit constellations, to give internet to the third world and to uh, remote places uh, that never had it before, to democratize the internet, to break down uh, the digital divide, if you will. But, um, you know, we're going to see a transformation in our ability to monitor our own planet, and that's going to be great for the health of the Earth and our ability to monitor it, but even more so for our ability to optimize the way that we do everything from energy production to transportation uh, to agriculture. And then there's going to be exploration. For the first time, we're going to see people living off-world, and I don't just mean 150, 200 miles up but a quarter million miles away on the moon in the coming decade. And soon thereafter, Mars and probably other locales in all of our lives. And to re-paraphrase what Carl Sagan once said, there'll only be one generation in the entire history of humankind where that kind of transformation will take place. And we get to live to be part of it. That's, I should end there, but I, I have another question. So. Cost per unit of lifted mass is an important metric when it comes to getting payloads into orbit. Mm -hmm, sure what o so what other metrics should a business manager watch to help understand the progress we're making? Well, it depends on what that business manager is managing. Um, uh, launch cost has been the big barrier for a long time, and that cost is falling. It's already fallen a factor of several, which is huge. I mean, if any given product, if a cost, cost of a car or a house were to drop by a factor of a few, you would see it proliferate and many more people could afford to do it and there'd be a lot more innovation. We saw that in computing as I referred to earlier, when mainframes cost millions of dollars and filled up a room and then they became laptops that cost thousands of dollars and they fit on your desk or your lap, it totally transformed the world. For, for managers, I would say pick the appropriate metrics for your industry. If you're in the communications industry, for example, getting satellite internet to the world, uh, then you care about the cost of a video frame or the cost of, you know, X seconds of uh, audio feed, you know, on your, your smartphone. Um, if you're remote sensing and you're trying to bring uh, eyes everywhere all the time, continuous persistent monitoring of the earth, it's a cost of a scene. Uh, and so the metric that you use should be tailored to the business that you're in. Dr. Alan Stern, author, planetary scientist, space program executive, and principal investigator of NASA's New Horizons mission. If somebody wants to connect with you, Dr. Stern, maybe they want to get a copy of your book, how can they do that? Well, finding the book, Chasing New Horizons, which is behind me here, is easy. Just Google it, and you can find it all over the web or in local bookstores. Uh, my website is alanstern.space, A-L-A-N-S-T-E-R-N.S-P-A-C-E. And my Twitter feed's simple, too. It's just Alan Stern, A-L-A-N-S-T-E-R-N. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Stern. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.